This is Kan Zenshu, the podcast, episode 470, for the week of April 14th, 2019. Well, hello there. Welcome back to Kan Zenshu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Kan Zenshu. Correct. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening a little bit of entertaining. Heath, hello, sir. I'm good. How are you? Uh, things are good. Yeah. It's, uh, I feel like it's been a long time no talk on the podcast. Well, on the podcast. Yeah. But that's how it goes. When it takes me more than five minutes to put a boom stand together, I just, no, it's not. Not worth it. What? Have you disconnected everything? What's going on? Well... Am I not inviting you on often enough? And I used to actually just leave it up. Well, I remember downstairs. last time we recorded, your son was like, I want to be on the show. I know. That's what happens. He, he could be, I think... Getting there? Literally just talk about Goku. We're gonna... You know, it's coming soon. We're gonna have to have a Konzenshu Kids episode. Like, we I know. Are. He'll walk in and he's like, oh, are you watching Goku? He doesn't know the name of the show. It's that's just... Awesome. It's the Goku show. It's the Goku so. show. He's not wrong. All right. Well, that's great. That's Heath. My name is Mike. We are here to talk about Dragon Ball with you here in uh, mid-April. I know. It's been like a month since the last episode, uh, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> there's always something going on with the website. Uh, I just want people to to know that just because you don't hear a podcast doesn't mean that I'm actually sitting doing absolutely nothing on the website. Although that is a fairly good guess. You don't need to tell them this. <laughs> okay. I mean, he is slaving away. That's Let right. Let me tell you. Everyone is slaving away on things. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode, but uh, we did want to get a podcast out because we're, man, we just feel the need to talk and uh, yeah, I, I don't want to put out an episode just to get out an episode. Like if we got other things going on that we feel are more important on the website, we're going to give that attention. This was definitely things like, I look, I, I just got to talk, please. <laughs> Can we please talk about this? And it works much better in this format than just trying to type something out. I agree. I mean, there's only so much. Ugh, look, you've read the update we put up on the website, so <laughs> you know how we feel about this. Heath, you and I, we're going to talk about Funimation this week, man. We are going to talk about the state of the 30th anniversary Dragon Ball Z Blu-ray remaster. We're going to talk about the Dragon Ball Super Broly home video release that's hitting this week. And I guess that's all we're talking about, but that's a lot of stuff right there. <laughs> there's it so really much is. to... To pull and out. there's more we could go into, but no. There is, and we were saying before the episode truly got started, I mean, it feels like we're just repeating history. If you're in this long enough, it all just comes back around again. What, what do you mean, dub names in the subtitle track? What do you mean that we're boosting up the colors and changing things? Uh, well, 2019 is uh, the new 2007. Before we get into that, uh, I do want to briefly talk about Dragon Ball Heroes. Uh, I have no one else uh, associated with the site to talk about Dragon Ball Heroes with. So you're subjected to it. I didn't tell you I was going to talk about this because you probably would have said no. But I said, hey, I, want I to would talk have about immediately. Heroes. But I guess let's do this. All right. So I've been playing Super Dragon Ball Heroes World Mission on Nintendo Switch. And Heath, can I just tell you that I'm uh, I, I over a week out from release, I continue to be in disbelief that I'm playing Dragon Ball Heroes localized in English. This is truly bizarre to me. Like, it doesn't feel like it exists for real. That's because it doesn't. It's all in your head is it but <laughs> i know it's uh it's amazing day and age that we live in some of the things that have actually happened 
porting games over actually going to a physical movie theater and seeing a movie for the first time with other people it's really nice but also like we talked about everything's coming full circle so it's like you get all the stuff from before but with new stuff and yeah yeah, let's but i am so happy for you that i do not have to play dragon ball heroes so all right uh super dragon ball heroes where we're up to seven characters from five characters it's it's a lot to keep track of (laughs) i'm still not entirely sure why i know why characters are doing what they're doing when they're doing it but but having the seven there it's there's a lot going on on screen. Uh, it is crazy, though, how much I feel like I have a grasp on like the entirety of the gameplay now, as opposed to like, I'm pretty sure I know what I'm doing. Uh, but being able to, at a quick glance, look through the cards and look at the descriptions for the cards and really put a team together as opposed to winging it and kind of, <laughs> yes. I'm going to try this one and see what happens. Like I think I know what this card does. Uh, let's throw it in and, and see how this mission goes. You mean goes. this doesn't regenerate? God damn it. So that that's certainly really neat to be able to read the game. Uh, that being said, uh, I never thought I would say this. I, I think Ultimate Mission X is the, the better game. And every time I play World Mission, I kind of would just rather be playing Ultimate Mission X. <laughs> Isn't it sad when that happens? It's a little weird. Uh, yeah. I mean, Ultimate Mission X, it is the swan song to the pre-Super Dragon Ball Heroes world. So, like World Mission has its own story mode and has all, not all, but a good amount of arcade missions, World Mission has the, 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 the base Super Dragon Ball Heroes missions and then the first two universe missions. Ultimate Mission X has everything prior to Super Dragon Ball Heroes. So you get the base update, you got the Evil Dragons update, you got the God missions. Uh, what else was in there? Shit, what was the other one? There's four. This shows you how much I know about Gal- this. Oh, Galaxy. Galaxy was before Evil Dragons. Oh, yes, yes. And God mission. So you got all of the individual updates in there, and then you have its own story mode as well. I don't know. Ultimate Mission X really just does have just an insane amount of hashtag content. Uh, but World Mission... Man, it is definitely Dragon Ball Heroes, and I continue to have the same problem here that I have, I guess you could say I had in Ultimate Mission 2 and Ultimate Mission X. I bought Ultimate Mission 1, but I didn't have a Japanese 3DS at the time, so it just sat there, and so I started with Ultimate Mission 2. I can only play Heroes for so long, as neat as it is now, to be able to really put the teams together and uh, have a mission, so to speak, in mind as I go in there. It's still just, you're pressing the A button at the top of the meter, and and especially as you're going through the story mode, one of the recent i'm in chapter like three right now and i just did three battles in a row that were frieza and cell next battle frieza and cell next battle once again frieza and cell all right so i'm using the same team i'm fighting against the same two dopes three times in a row it's just the same scenario over and over and over. Like all my cards are going to do the exact same things because I'm using the same team because it's an effective team. And why would I use a non-effective team to keep progressing in the story mode? And it just gets to be like, all right, I've, I've watched these cards do this exact same thing three times in a row. I have to go do something else. So indeed, I went upstairs and I windexed all of my old game systems and cleaned up the old TV and played Dragon Quest mm-hmm. One on Game Boy Color for a little bit. Uh, oh, rather, I'm sorry, Super Game Boy, Super Game Boy on the the TV. Do uh, you think it has anything to do with it just stemming from an arcade? 
type setting. Definitely, because you're paying to play, <laughs> so you're yeah. you're not gonna sit there probably and play for an hour, two hours at a time, and you're probably going to run into things. Like it's very different playing the home version, and you can just steamroll the the story mode in particular. Uh, some of the arcade battles are gonna be much more difficult, especially when we get when you get to the boss battles in there. Like even the first one uh, from the base Super Dragon Ball Heroes is a uh, Beerus and Whis battle. I mean, they are dishing out damage, and you really have to put together a team that's like, all right, uh, you know, I want to stop their attack. I I want to you know, do whatever it takes just to last long enough to deal enough damage. That's the kind of thing that you'll probably try a couple times in the arcade, depending on what team you have. And when mm-hmm. you're thinking like, oh, it costs money for me to play. Like, what's it what's it worth for me to kind of put on the table to play this versus when you're at home and you can just do it over and over. Yeah, yeah. You can choose whatever card you want. Like, well, let's let's see how these work together. So that's kind of where I am with Heroes. I've been playing it since it came out, but I'm playing very slowly. Initially, I was doing everything in a chapter. Like, I was doing the all of the alternate scenarios. Once you beat it, you, you like, open up some little other spaces and you can go do, all, like, alternate, alternate takes. Uh, and I was doing all of that. But now I'm just like, I've been playing for a week and I... I've only just barely seen Shirasu. <laughs> like, I should Jeez. probably move on and see, like, the rest of the story mode here. And I've barely touched Arcade. The only thing I've done is, uh, I think, the first two of the base uh, Super Dragon Ball Heroes missions. Like, there, there's a lot to see in this game. Like Ultimate Mission X, there is a lot of content here. It's kind of overwhelming. This one, you know, maybe a little bit reduced of a scope compared to Ultimate Mission X. Of course, that was the third one in a row. They had a lot to work with here. But yeah, like I can only play it for so long before I'm like, I I gotta do something else with my time. Like, I want to see more of the story, but I, I just can't keep going. So it's kind of where I am with Heroes. Uh, you know, I have uh, just the inherent nature of the game working against the the novelty of finally being able to read it in my native language when you're like fighting against each other. So I don't know. Obviously, I'm going to keep playing it. Uh, I'm the only one on staff who is playing. The struggle heroes. is real, Mike. Yeah. Uh, you know what? One of these days, Cypher and I, we're just going to sit and talk about heroes for you know a few hours. Like, oh, speaking of, is just get the wheels turning here, what we've mm-hmm. all been working on. Can I tell you how absolutely bizarre all these years later to be playing a game where Beat and Note and Frozen, everyone are like the main characters? Like, I've been so f- intimately familiar with all of yes. these characters for so long. Like, yeah, they've they've popped up in other games. Like, you could do a battle against beat and the other avatars popped up in ultimate mission X and stuff. But like, these are the main characters of the story mode. Like I, I know all of you, I know where this is going. I know who you are. (laughs) It's really weird. That's super dragon ball heroes world mission. Heath, uh, I was going to say, let's get angry with like, uh, that's so generic. I don't want to get angry. All right. We're going to transition to our topic. I thought we were going to get out like our green tea. And just kind of... I already had my tea for the day, so... Step it back down a little bit, you know? We don't need Mike jacked on coffee right now. <laughs> no. We need, we need green tea, Mike. Exactly. All right. Well, that that's where I'm at right now. You know us. We're not going to sit here and just exclusively rant. We're going to do that. But we like to think that at this point, if you're listening to us, you know we're coming from a place... <laughs> it's coming from a place of love. We've also been yes. doing this for a very, very long time. We've seen everything that there is 
to be seen at this point. Uh, so we have, at least I feel like I have these weird conflicting emotions of absolute rage and anger battling against, well, of course this is what is happening. Like, how could you be disappointed? Why would you, yeah. why would you expect anything other than this? I literally cannot be moved to have any emotion whatsoever. First day the trailer came out, I, I was just a mixed bag. I was all over the place, which is one reason I stayed off of Twitter. It was just kind of like every five minutes I'd be, oh, why did they do this? This makes no sense. And then the next five minutes was, no, I totally get it. And I'm not surprised. Well, let's talk about it. So this is Funimation's uh, reservation only 30th anniversary Dragon Ball Z television series Blu-ray complete set. Uh, it mm -hmm. will be in a four by three aspect ratio, uh, as hinted at uh, very clearly by a lot of the stuff they were putting out. Uh, if you look at the timestamps on some of the tweets that Funimation and Toei did initially, uh, as well as the four star Dragon Ball next to the three star Dragon Ball, I think that was very clear, very telegraphed from the start. Uh, a lot of people looking at it like it was some kind of coincidence but seriously it, <laughs> it was very obvious what that was going to be and then we got the information of all right they're going to need 2500 pre-orders i'll scrap that goku did the math wrong no they need 3000 guaranteed pre-orders uh except we have absolutely nothing to show right now but to be fair they weren't actually collecting the pre-orders at that point they were only collecting email addresses to market to later on down the road uh, Correct. but then we finally did get in recent history here uh, we got a couple things. The initial reveal trailer did show actual asterisk footage from the upcoming remaster, and that was when they announced that pre-orders were, in fact, open. Uh, for $350, you could uh, guarantee your spot. They needed at least $3,000. they have said they're going to produce $6,000. So, Heath, this is the trailer that you were just mentioning. Uh, this is mm -hmm. the thing that uh, we all saw. And we said, yep, that's absolutely what they were going to do. So Heath, Funimation appears to be, and we have another trailer we can get to uh, briefly, uh, they appear to be putting out Dragon Ball Z on Blu-ray, which is in high definition, in a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. This is, we need to make this very clear, some people seem to just make up scenarios in their head and, and run with it as if it's truth. Uh, this is not a, a double crop of the existing cropped widescreen Blu-ray sets. Uh, it does go back a, a prior generation of tampering to pre-widescreen mm -hmm. crop. It, it's a new framing of their film prints, so it is a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. Uh, but Heath, it's everything that we expected it would be. It's uh, zoomed in more than perhaps it should be. Uh, the colors are blown out. Uh, the digital video noise reduction is in effect absolutely to a degree that it doesn't need to be. It's very much... The standard automated current present day Funimation Blu-ray release of Dragon Ball Z that of course it would be because they're not they're not asking for enough money. They've made it very clear this is not a crowdfunding campaign. You're you're pre-ordering mm -hmm. a thing that they're going to make that they just need to know they're going to get enough so orders. so much product to make it worth their while. Right. They can't yep. make 20 copies and that would be cost efficient for, for them to make. Uh, they need to make you know some kind of baseline amount. Yeah, it's it's exactly what we thought it would be. 
I mean, it's essentially what they did with the Blu-ray release that they've already done, although that was cropped. Right. There, it's yeah. Um, it's it's just oh, we didn't make it widescreen. Yeah, which it would not surprise me at all if they already had all that editing done and it wasn't four three, and then they cropped it. You know. Right. It just, I guess. For me, there are so many different layers, so many different directions we could go. The whole thing, for me, at least for uh, part of my apprehension towards this, I was going to say. So, so let's set the stage. Why would we be upset with this, Heath? It's it's what we've asked for, isn't it? It's Dragon Ball well, Z no. on <laughs> on Blu-ray <laughs> in HD in four by three. What is the problem? To me, it's i'm gonna jump on one aspect of let's say the zooming in okay um we can get to the other things later because i'm sure we'll get to everything and this i feel like is the least important it's still an it's issue not but... but it's the fact that we have been shown through the level sets yeah. of what they have and then to come out and just blatantly throw it and and i hate to do this because i don't want to go rage mode here but you know just blatantly throw it in people's faces that well, this is what we're capable of, but this is what we're giving you. And it's just, it's really hard to watch. Here's this thing you want, but we're going to tell you this is what you want. And that is from a, not just a fan, but as a consumer, it should be hopefully up to you as a consumer that dictates what you want. It doesn't always happen, but you would hope that a company that would like your money, your support, especially in the future down the road would at least take some of your i don't want to say grievances but maybe advice on i mean we had a poll and a survey there's all sorts of data that they've taken in over the years and it just kind of boggles your mind a little bit as to exactly where they're coming from the unfortunate part is I think we know where they're coming from, is that this is what we're going to give you guys, whether you like it or not. But Heath, it's four <laughs> by three. All right, finally, we'll, we will acknowledge the survey. You, you all said you wanted four by three. Well, here it is. All right. Like you said, <laughs> part of the problem here is uh, the discontinued level sets that we got. Let me be clear that we got two months, two months, yes. a matter of weeks after the Dragon Box sets were released. All the meanwhile, Dragon Ball Kai is airing on TV and also being released, which is being promoted as and actually is Dragon Ball Z footage in HD. Of course, those sets did not perform. To be clear, they probably did perform relatively well, uh, especially considering the circumstances. But at that point, that kind of release was never, never going to do what they needed it to do to sustain itself. And we've just talked about it over and over, I feel like, at nauseum for, what, almost a decade and a half, two decades of... Funimation just has this really odd way of oversaturating the Dragon Ball market. It's always been one thing they've kind of had an issue with. And at the same time, it's hard to say that knowing that everyone still buys everything anyway. So... No, that, that there there is a lot of a lot of weird circumstances that, like you said, are, yes. are not their fault. I do want to note one particular thing, and that's uh, at the time that all of this was going on, Funimation was owned by Navarre, which was a publicly traded company. Uh, mm -hmm. They ended up being sold very early in 2011. So this is at the time when level sets are going. Dragon Box had recently come out. Kai was going strong. You have a publicly traded company that's in charge of you, and you're the 
the company that makes gangbusters when you're releasing Dragon Ball, the main date at the time was put as much Dragon Ball on the market as you possibly can. Because yes. they were also investigating the sale of Funimation at that point. So the point at that point <laughs> was to make Funimation as profitable and appealing to be sold <laughs> at that time. And Dragon Ball was the victim of that uh, throughout that entire time. So uh, something they haven't asked us to do anything since, but when the, the previous widescreen uh, Blu-rays were coming out in uh, 2013, uh, Funimation actually approached us uh, and said, we'd love to take your questions about this Blu-ray release. We provided questions that we, as the staff of Consensu had, we solicited questions uh, from the fandom. Uh, they certainly answered those questions, and uh, they were not sufficient answers. Very political, uh, which totally makes sense, because when you're called out on very specific things, as I was absolutely going to do, like we, we had the press release from them acquiring these Phoenix restoration systems, all the materials that they released themselves about the level sets and the care that they were putting into it and how important it was to be respectful of the source material at that time. And I was like, here, you guys told us all of this. How are you turning around on that a matter of what, two years later at that point and saying, no, that was all wrong. This is the approach to do it. And that's not to say like you can't change your mind and you can't course correct, but it was very clear what was going on at that point. I've kind of said this, like we're not going to let them take an inch on this matter because we feel very strongly uh, about the Dragon Ball franchise, how it should be presented uh, and how it should be archived. And it just feels like we're going through the same song and dance over again, where it's all right. You guys are like, everything you say is purposeful misdirection. If not an outright blatant lie. And, and how many times are we going to go through this? Like, I, <laughs> I'm not surprised that we're going through this over and over again, but it's, I am not either. It's as frustrating as it is every time that we have to do this. So they, they continue to throw this. The phrase I've come up with is that they're weaponizing the, the aspect ratio back at fandom here. They're, they're dang- they most certainly are. They're dangling that four by three in front of us as like, well, this is what you asked for. Well, here it is. Oh, don't mind all this other stuff. And they use that as like the key point of, of framing what this product is to try and, again, misdirect you from the other things that are going on with it. And it's so funny to watch them flip back and forth of, well, this is the, the original aspect ratio. We heard what you're looking for, and this is faithful. Well, we had to crop it because of all these other things, and we think that you get more picture this way. We think it's a, a more cinematic uh, expression of the Can film. Can we jump ahead to the fact that when they came out with their blog posts explaining like all of this, they made a huge point in there that you get more of the screen, more of the footage in frame if you do 4-3. Which is 100% the opposite of what they said when they cropped it for the orange bricks and the Blu-rays. I mean, they came out and said, well, you get more picture on the side, so you get more picture. Mm-hmm. And we, I remember Corey being on the podcast, and he just flipped his shit. It was hilarious. But it's kind of like what you were speaking to of where let's create this narrative that supports what we're doing now, even though it 
absolutely contradicts what we've previously said on an exact same product. No, it doesn't contradict it. It's the same narrative as last time with completely <laughs> different underlying circumstances. Like, yeah. here are two completely different things that we'll say the exact same thing about. Like, they can't both be true at the same time. And then within that blog post itself, it's like, well, this set is for hardcore fans. And at the end, it's like, but we're making this for the average fan, so that's why we're applying all this to DNR. It's like, what? They do a lot of this kind of stuff. I feel... So if you remember back when the orange bricks were coming out, they made such a big mm-hmm. deal about overscan. It's like... Yes. That, that is so irrelevant to anything going on here, guys. And that's the kind of thing I feel like they harp on time and time again with these products, is they will look for anything. Like, oh, what haven't we mentioned about video that we can throw out as a misdirecting buzzword. And last time it was over. We need a term. Yeah, we, we need something that we can say. Uh, and this time I feel like they're, they're harping on uh, the raw film prints and how mm-hmm. there's rounded edges. Like, yeah, that of have course. always been there. <laughs> it's been that way for decades. It, like, that's the kind of thing. It's like these things didn't suddenly show up. They've been on the film stock forever. It's like, all right. So, come on, guys. We've been talking about the aspect ratio for a little bit. You know, you know us. It's content. Like the show is the show is the show. Can we just everyone get on the same page that this show was produced in the 1980s and early 1990s? Yes. Like that's it's not a new digital format medium like, you know, One Piece even made their transition yeah, from analog to digital. I mean, <laughs> come on. But it's always been hyped ever since it's been in North America as this is new, right? This is modern. As if it just came out, like, yeah, yeah. And that's the that's the conundrum they're running into uh, yes. now more so than ever. They've they've certainly had this problem in the past. They want to market Dragon Ball now as extreme nostalgia, while at mm-hmm. the same time presenting it as if it's a current show. It's weird. It's almost like it would be great if they had a current dragon ball show that they could market as a modern current dragon ball show that's really weird uh all right so we talked about the aspect ratio we talked about funimation uh trying to market nostalgia and doll it up as if it's a modern thing at the same time they've been doing this forever if you go back to the ultimate uncut edition that was marketed as digitally remastered literally every single release since 2005 has been digitally remastered like Mm -hmm. that's one of those phrases that they keep using that is now effectively meaningless i'm still waiting for all the uncut versions of everything to come out from the original japanese film prints (laughs) like they, they have no more words that they can they've used all the words all right, Heath, let's talk about the the colors. Uh, okay. Funimation, we, we know Funimation has a multi-generational film print. They don't have the raw masters that Toei has locked away in cold storage somewhere. And they're the only ones that have them. Pretty much every distributor and licensor has to deal with this of course. issue. Right. So there is work that would need to be done theoretically to make it a little more presentable for, for home video. Or, or would there be? So let's start with the colors alone uh funimation has this habit of just blowing everything out it's the same effect uh, my local best buy clothes i don't know if people have stores anymore but when you would go to a store uh, they would turn up the contrast and the brightness on all the tvs because you're wowed by pretty colors and that's what funimation has always done with the dragon ball franchise is they just blow it out a little too much uh to 
make it seem like it was made today? I, I don't get it. As a result of everything they do there, any dark detail is uh, typically completely lost, crushed to nothingness. Uh, yeah. And a lot of that seems to be with the way that Funimation actually encodes their video. Like they're they're destroying it, you know, a couple steps removed from what could be presented to us. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a problem. I mean, a, a great example is always the end of the Cyan fight when Vegeta and Goku are fighting. Like, what color is that sky supposed to be? Put a lineup of video tracks in a row, and you can tell what Funimations is. It changes all the time. <laughs> it's one thing you can kind of look past at certain points, because at least, okay, you can adjust your TV. But at the same time, we also live in a very digital age where a lot of these types of shows are watched digitally on a laptop, a tablet, what have you, where it's not so easy to just adjust it. And then all of a sudden, man, full saturation comes out of nowhere mm. and, and you're blind. Yep. And it kind of hurts. Also, as a result of the multi-generational film prints, you know, it's like making a photocopy of a photocopy. When film goes to film goes to film, uh, especially 16 millimeter, it's going to present more grain in the picture along the way. Uh, some people seem to be confused uh, about this. Like the cells don't have grain, so we shouldn't have grain. Like, well... While that's true, uh, that's not the reality of anime production in 1989, I'm, I'm sorry to say. Uh, the the grain is inherently part of the film. At that point, yeah, it is. Yes. It's part of the picture. Uh, in, in, and, in a wonderful, I, perfect society, all of the original cells would still exist, and there would be this amazing automated process to go back and rescan everything in digitally and have perfect color. Like, we can't do that. It's not possible. No. So what we have is a film print. Essentially, the biggest issue is that the grain itself carries a lot of the detail. The detail of the image is encoded in the grain. Right. So when you remove the grain, it removes the detail, and you have to come up with a way to counteract removing detail. And there's really no way to do that without manually going in frame by frame and touching it up. Well, you say that there there are ways to do this. And I've there are they're just very expensive. As we posted about this, people are like, oh, you're you're anti DVNR. Like that's that's not the reality of uh, video restoration today. Like that's true. How, no. However, <laughs> th this is Funimation. This is Funimation's DBZ film prints. And this is just the next in line of what Funimation has been doing. What makes this really frustrating is, and I don't know what was going through their head when they did this. They showed us their raw film prints side yes. by side with all of their other footage. And it's like, yeah, that looks great. I'll buy that. Like I would, I obviously I would like something that could be worked on a little bit to improve it slightly. Let's do some, some light touch on it. A la the level yeah. sets, but holy crap, guys, like what is going on in your head when you put this next to other things and you're like, yeah, yeah, we got, we got to make it better. Oh, you guys don't. It's kind of this weird parallel universe kind of thing where, you know, on one hand you have what you could consider. This is a historical documentation of a tv series and when it existed it had grain it'd be the same as going out and you're like i'm gonna get citizen kane and i'm just gonna jack up all the contrast and i'm gonna remove any of the film grain 
at all. And then I'm going to present this as here's your anniversary set. Right. Like, it's just, it's weird because some of us do think about it that way. And I completely understand how there are people out there that are not as into this as much as, say, we are as far as... I want it to look exactly like this. I, I mean, do not get me wrong that I'm not able to put myself in somebody else's shoes and say, well, I, I don't want the grain. I completely understand that. But to me, there's a difference between just a complete annihilation of anything. And then you're going to say, well, at the same time, here's this how it should look. This is the really nice original shot. And here's what we did to it. And see, look how good we are. I think the the root of the problem there is kind of what you're going at is trying to put ourselves in someone else's shoes. mm -hmm. It's difficult. I think a lot of people just cannot reconcile that Dragon Ball Z began in 1989. I know. I I know that you watched it as a kid on Toonami. I know you did. And that was, I'm sure it was a wonderful experience and I want you to treasure those memories. That's not when Dragon Ball Z began and that's not the company that made Dragon Ball Z. I'm not interested. (laughs) Like, I'm not interested in the scriptory right of someone in Texas. I'm not interested equally (laughs) someone in Texas's idea of what films should be in 2019. Like a show should be allowed to be itself. And if you want to do these other things like Dragon Ball Kai, which I think is the perfect example, it was produced separately not as a replacement for, and had enough changes that it could live as its own separate entity. Funimation just does not give us that opportunity. Everything is in place of just a raw Dragon Ball Z as Dragon Ball Z experience that starts with their English dub and it ends with their home video release. Yeah. It really sounds like, and I am saying, they just don't get it. I know everything. I know how this should be. I'm totally correct in everything I say. They're wrong. What is their problem? And I don't know how to say anything other than that because I truly believe it's true. I feel like... We almost even need to go back to the point where we were discussing how the show even came into existence in the United States and what, you know, the perception that they tried to lay out there with the TV series. And I think a lot of it, they're basically doing promotional work against themselves from the 1990s. Yeah. That's really what I feel like a lot of this comes down to is, especially from the fact that they have released other series that are just as old and they look fantastic well they, they look but they look better <laughs> yes but i mean they're not like hey we're just gonna blow the shit out of this thing and here you guys go you know it's there's a little forethought but for some reason when it comes to dragon ball z it's just this well we have to make it like it was when we i'm gonna say butchered it back then <laughs> and yeah it may not be saban era cutting out episodes but i it in my mind, really just comes down to they're fighting themselves this entire way. And not like anybody's made them do it. They're just literally going after themselves from what they did back then. And it's just gone all the way through here. And I've I've said it before. I wish they would just go, you know what? This is how we're just treating everything from here on forward, period. What's so incredibly frustrating to me with this release in particular is if you want to do Funimation Presents Dragon Ball Z, you already did and it's on store shelves and it's selling beautifully. It already exists. I don't see what the point is in ruining... A 4 by 3 presentation of the show, while a perfectly ruined version in widescreen exists, 
elsewhere. They can't seem to figure out who to appease with this. And I don't just say that as the person who doesn't like this product. Like you said, they're just fighting themselves every step of the way. They've confused their audience every step of the way. The casual Funimation Dragon Ball Z fan thinks Dragon Ball Z Kai is the kitty-censored Blue Popo version, thinks Mm -hmm. that the American replacement score does not exist on home video, has not existed on home video, and will continue to not exist on home video. I don't even know what some of the other things are, but (laughs) like, I really, I honestly don't know where to go with this because it's, it's just so much frustration and it's watching Krusty step on the rake over and over and Funimation's doing it. And meanwhile, we're doing the exact same thing over here because we're sitting here talking on a podcast about it. Like we, like we need to do this. I know we've said it, but I've, I've really heard or rather seen a lot of people online just say, I don't think they get it. Like it's just at some point is this disconnect where what they assume everyone wants is this and what everyone else assumes is this. And those two things somehow are not equal. That And this is the the bizarro world that we just live in, and we just keep repeating over and over, well, you guys said you wanted 4.3, so we'll give you that. And we're like, but you're doing the exact same thing, except now you're just returning the picture that you took away from us the first time. <laughs> like, how in, in any logical sense is that you're giving us what we wanted? I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's exactly it. It's the, they got to this point, and they think... That's what they need to do. Like, I'm trying to think of something like they could literally tell you this version is defective. This is a bad version of Dragon Ball Z. You should not buy this version of Dragon Ball Z. It would sell the necessary 3000 copies if they were to tell you that. Like you said, I don't know what world they live in where a fine, just a leave it alone release couldn't sell the necessary copies. It's Dragon Ball Z. Your shitty versions keep selling. I'm throwing my hands in my air, but you can't see it. (laughs) Here's the thing. In in the air. I no longer believe that this company, nor its original rights holders, know what's best for the franchise anymore and have any intention of creating and providing an archival quality version of this franchise. Like, I've become every anime fan I hate, where it's Mm -hmm. nothing you get is good enough Every decision they make is wrong. Every product they release is bad and the end of the world. But here is the thing and the kicker is that we know they could do it and they've shown us they could do it. They just stopped doing it. And that is what is so frustrating is like you were right there. You're so close. Just do that. And you can't. Why? In both cases from both companies. For Funimation, it was the level sets. And from Toei, it was the movie remasters that we saw on the streaming services. Like, those still needed some work, too. A little bit. But at least they weren't Mm -hmm. censored. Like, the, the decisions that we're seeing come out these days, I just do not have faith in these companies anymore. I do not think they have the right people in place. I do not think the leadership understands the historical importance of the IP that they own. I do not think they get it. And I hate saying these words. Like I said, it just sounds like the most cliche anime nerd fan like every every word that comes out of my mouth is the exact opposite of what i want to say how i want to say it how i want to be expressing it and 
that's my true frustration. Like my frustration is, is twofold. It's frustration with the companies and then frustration with myself that I've let myself get back to this point in 2019. I mean, I, th- I feel like we're totally committed at this point. So <laughs> right. Like we're not you know, going anywhere. <laughs> whatever. Um, I've also seen a couple things online, which really piqued my interest because I've only been involved with the franchise, mostly on the fandom side of things. And I do video editing, you do video editing, I've done a shit ton with screenshots and manga. So it's not like we don't have at least somewhat of a grasp of what to do um, and what you should and shouldn't do or generally what I would consider looks good. But to hear from some people that are actual animators or in film restoration industries and it's just like uh, what I'm seeing here is not a standard practice like. That's when you just kind of go, I'm cringing on the inside. (laughs) Um, Because there are a lot of people that I have seen, maybe I just run in different circles, but that have come out and said, I, my company that I work for would never do anything like that. We would, you'd be fired on the spot for trying to do it. That might be a little extreme, but I, I mean, that's, I think, part of also why some of this is a little frustrating because you almost want to just go in and meet with somebody and be like, can you explain to me why this looks good? <laughs> and like, I just, I want to have a hundred percent honest to God conversation of, I won't even interrupt you. I just want you to explain to me why you think this looks good. If we could have that, I don't know that I'd be happy, but I would at least go, okay. You know what? Yeah. I don't know. But I don't think I'm willing to have that conversation anymore. No, I think it's beyond that point because we talked about at the beginning of this podcast before we started recording. What a lot of what we're saying now is literally from 2007. We've had this conversation before. This is nothing new. It's just a decade later with supposedly better technology. And that's what I have. I, I don't I know. I don't know where to go. From I don't here either. I know we've gone in circles. It is what it is. And and I kind of wanted to talk about the forced dub spellings in the upcoming Funimation Broly home video release. But I, I think that's just another checkbox on the they don't get it. These companies don't get it. Like if you're invested in watching the Japanese version of dragon ball (laughs) what on earth makes you think that's what you're looking for they just don't get it so heath instead we're gonna bring things to a close and i'm going to plug heath you won't be there i won't and i'm really sad because i wanted to go it'll just be julian and i but that's fun too julian and i are uh we're doing a local anime con one that i actually have not been to uh, even though I probably should have, it's relatively close. It's in the old, old Anime Next location, and this is Castle Point Anime Convention. Julian and I are going to be there in Secaucus, New Jersey, on Saturday, April 27th. We are doing two panels. Uh, at 1.30 p.m., we are doing a Dragon Ball panel. And at 6.30 p.m., we are doing a podcasting panel. Uh, I am very much excited to kind of get back out there and dip my toes in doing this stuff again. Uh, I haven't done convention panels in a while. Was Otakon the last one? I don't know. Maybe the one we did pre-Consensu. I mean, I've done some conventions. Yeah. I've, I've done a lot of press stuff uh, in particular over the last couple of years. But Right. 
but not actual panels. Yeah, just like a small local convention. I, I love that stuff. So, uh, you know, I was just scrolling down a list of, oh, what's coming up in New York and New Jersey later this year and came across this one. It's like, holy crap, I didn't even know this existed. It's a, a student-run convention. I love that part of it, too. So, yeah, if you're uh, in the area, uh, it's uh, accessible by train. Well, Secaucus is accessible by train. I don't know how close uh, the convention center is to the train station. It's probably pretty close. Uh, but yeah, come hang out with us on uh, Saturday, April 27th. Julie and I are going to do a little uh, Dragon Ball show and tell. Uh, you're going to see some cool things from the archives. Uh, I'm going to pack up a backpack. We'll see who has to carry what this week. <laughs> <Come> on up. <laughs> don't lose anything. Oh, God, there's, there's a lot of cool stuff, and I don't want to be responsible for it, but I guess I have to be responsible for it. So come check us out. That'll be fun. Uh, do, 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 do. Heath, what's going on at Consensu lately? Oh, we actually have a ton of stuff going on, which has been really fun. You know, unfortunately, a lot of it's been behind the scenes. So I guess, look look forward to that i've i've been kind of going head first into a manga guide redo so we'll see how that goes um what do you mean redo what needs to be redone i know it's a surprise it's a surprise even i don't know <laughs> no it's it's just kind of a a revamp so uh, just a, a little quick backstory on Kantai. when i started the manga guide it was focused centrally on releases publications so like the tonka bone Cons and Bond had just come out. Right. Um, it was not chapter focused. Right. And later on, we started incorporating chapter information. And then Julian just went full bore into everything you could ever want to know about every chapter and nuance ever. Yeah. Like, what's that What's that thing on a shelf? What's the author comment? Like, we got all that. So the episode guide and the manga guide have always been set up completely differently for that specific reason. The episode guide focused on episodes. The manga guide focused on releases rather than chapters. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just kind of redoing a couple things to get both of them kind of on par so that hopefully it's a little easier for people to use, uh, get around, find things. Yeah. I mean, essentially it will be the same, just kind of reorganizing things a little bit. And to that point, you know, speaking about when this was started, this is what there was. When the spinoff guide was started, uh, there was like... That thing has exploded. There was the original illustrated stories, there was Cross Epoch, uh, you know, there was Nekomajin, you know, it was fine. Just look at the Dragon Ball Heroes manga alone <laughs> in the time since then. And Good God. Think, think about the Dragon Ball Super manga. When that started, it was an incomplete, rambling, incoherent <laughs> kind of mess of, uh, of a supplemental manga comicalization that did not stand on its own and did not tell its own story. Well, that's certainly changed over the years. So, like, just trying to categorize things and organize things, you know, what worked at one point when something began, uh, even Victory Mission. Victory Mission was two pages when it started. And then you get a couple chapters in, like, whoa, wait, this is a serialized story now. Like, yeah. <laughs> these things just change and evolve, and uh, it makes our, our guides uh, just equally as convoluted as the yeah, underlying so content. sometimes I get a little cumbersome and clumsy to get around. So I'm trying to go back through a lot of our stuff yeah. that we've done, you know, over the last 20 years and kind of hone it in a little, just kind of make it a little more user friendly. Right. That's my goal. I've been trying anyway. to do a lot of back and forward simultaneous porting uh, involving mm -hmm. wiki stuff. Uh, Cypher's been doing a great job. 
with uh, spinoff current spinoff manga documentation over on the wiki. And uh, I've been doing, I, I had laid the groundwork for a lot of that stuff. And then just as we tend to do, we get distracted by other things. So I had the entire video game section kind of like ready to go. And then since then, well, we've had, I don't know, like eight more video game spinoff series. Some have come and gone in that time. Anyone remember Dragon Ball Discross? No, of course. No one remembers Dragon Ball Discross. Well, they had a manga series and that's dead, buried six feet under at this point. They don't want you to remember that. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to pull a lot of stuff that we're doing for the wiki and where it's appropriate and applicable, um, bring that forward on the website proper. Like we have the victory mission where it's a full listing. Uh, Fusions is basically done at this point. Uh, a lot of stuff that's over there. And this just gets into that larger conversation about, well, what is the website versus what is the wiki? And we'll continue to to work on that distinction and uh, how they interoperate with each other as we keep going. But uh, I'm trying to work on a lot of good information that can be and should be on the website proper, uh, doing that kind of stuff. So fun times. Yeah. And then I'm I'm trying to wrap up super episodes still. I'm actually doing really good. They're just not live. Well, I feel that same way about super manga chapters. <laughs> a lot of stuff that's yep. just not live. Um, which, uh, for your information, I, yes, am, I, I, saw. I, I have three more chapters to finish up, and then I'm all caught up Excellent. again. So, after getting a year and a half behind. I know. Every time another one comes out, I'm like, oh, I'm just like three chapters behind. Oh, I'm just like four chapters behind. Yep. And then, I don't know, two years pass. That's how it starts, because yeah. that's what happened to me <laughs> with the super episodes. Thank God Jake kept up. Like we said earlier, we are not going anywhere. Dragon Ball can do whatever the hell it wants to do, and we're in it for the long haul here. We'll get there eventually. That's right. All right. In the retirement home. www.kanzenshuu.com. That is kanzenshu.com. That is Heath. I am Mike. Uh, thank you very much for joining us here on our podcast episode, which I believe is episode uh, hash 0470. Six, is it? I thought the last one you did was 468. Uh, I've. If you're looking on the sidebar of the site, I forgot to put 469 there. Oh, yeah, Mike. I know. Okay. I, I realized that like two weeks ago and every day I've been like, yep, change it. Yep, change it. Nope, didn't do it. So anyway, we're going to skip that and go right to 470. There we go. Didn't actually skip it. It does exist there. Uh, and speaking of podcasts, my plan is to record what we're going to do at the uh, convention. A lot of what we're going to talk about is stuff that you certainly know as a listener of Consensu, but... You know, why the hell not record it? So uh, look forward to it. Yeah, that. cool, cool. All right. That was that. Uh, for Heath, my name is Mike. Uh, I guess that's it. Wrap it up, dude. Adios, friends. It's been fun. Thanks for having me again. Thanks for putting us in your ears. We'll see you next time. Have a good one. You want some good fodder for the after credit, which I know. is going to be at least half of this episode. <laughs> you think? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. The last batch of episodes, uh, everything's kind of been on point. I don't have much to include afterward. Oh, well, we can easily change that. <laughs> I was going to say, it's usually you and I that change that. <laughs> Man, this, like, this whole thing is just gone so full circle that I don't, I don't even know. <laughs> I, I know it's the kind of thing like if you're in this long enough it's all just gonna come around again it yeah, always like, does i feel like we've recorded this episode before <laughs> hmm yep <clears throat> all right you want to just get into it then